it's a lot more honest and genuine in terms of uh, being faithful to what the word actually means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes it makes a you know the revolution time progresses. You know, we don't go back to where we started from in terms of like you know whatever. We move on, but uh, we we both move on and also come back to where we started. It's we we do rescue the past. It's like the my youth pastor's band whenever I was in uh, high school was called 360. And and we were like, it's like, it's about seeing the light of Jesus and doing a complete 360. I mean, and I was like, so you just turn around and then you keep going in the same trajectory. You should have called it 180. Yeah. But on, on page 46, when uh, uh, we get to the section called conceptualizing revolution. Yeah. He makes that point like right at the beginning, if we want to get to that, like while we're working through the chapter. See, that was Jason's, uh, slyly getting us started on yeah. chapter mm-hmm. one, <laughs> one hour into our discussion uh, by bringing that up. So good work, Jason. We're, we've started chapter one. <laughs> on the subject of chapter one, the revolution of 1917 is a revolution of trains. And that's what I have learned about the revolution of 1917. I mean, it's totally true. I mean, uh, it's li- it's literally true. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I really like the way this chapter starts off with just like, a history of trains, <laughs> like a completely apolitical history of trains. This is just giving you the the deets about fucking trains, man. That's why it's that's this book is a it's about everything. Exactly. I mean, I think that's where he doesn't abandon like some sort of like you know paying attention to the historical economic conditions, even the yeah. productive forces in which all this right. you know, developed. Like Mar- Marx lived in the railway uh, railway age, whose advent and diffusion he observed from London, its crucial starting point, the triad of iron, steam, and telegraph, which so profoundly shaped the nineteenth century takeoff of industrial capitalism, framed his way of thinking and his vision of historical change. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, it's it's pretty good. They do they did have them some trains back then, man. Yeah, but trains they go one way. Oh. They don't they don't revolve around the sun. That's true. They also go back though, the other way. Oh, they can go backwards. Okay. That's it's still it's you know, you can abuse the metaphor and you can make a case for a sort of linear progression of society. Because, you know, a train can go forward or backward, you know, so it moves in one direction or the other. And so like human agency is, is, you know, the conductor is the, is the leader of the revolution or the leadership or whatever, but that becomes a really, a really ham-fisted metaphor, like really quickly. It doesn't do it. It doesn't do it justice. He he doesn't, you know, flog the metaphor to death or anything. Um, He, uh, he gives us the history of trains, right? But also talks about how he uses the metaphor, obviously, uh, for the, the locomotive of history, but then he talks about the practical effects of right. trains, right? Yeah. So, so railroads in this, this is this section is a history of the railroad as a literal, li- as literally driving history, history forward, right? right. Progress right. along the railroad within capitalism, uh, bringing development where it goes. Uh, and of course, the reciprocal nature of capitalism being both like progressive and you know destructive at the same time. Uh, the and then of course, and then he then after that he moves on into it as a revolutionary tool in literal revolutions. So this is very much so a, a history of physical trains. Right. Not, he, he anchors yeah, the metaphor. He anchors the metaphor in the literal history of trains. 
Um, he also talks about yeah, like as how, a productive you know, force. Yes. He also right. talks about the way that like locomotives, um, they speed up time and they they eliminate yes. space yes. and they connect people in new ways and leave you know old habits behind. There's a certain utility to the metaphor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think a big thing is about it, like disrupting the metabolism between town and country. I think yeah, that's a big thing. Right. There. Uh, like a train disrupting a peaceful. Well, yeah, I guess this is him using the metaphor for capitalism in that age. Uh, like a train disrupting a peaceful rural landscape, capitalism had destroyed the most slothful indolence inherited from the Middle Ages, and by creating the world market had given a cosmopolitan character to production and consumption in every country, which of course isn't just like him. Like he has a more critical, like he go, I think it's really interesting how he goes into and something that people, some people will really emphasize and some people will downplay is like um, Mark's talking about like India and the development of railways in India and whatnot. Yeah. 